0: 好 few weeks we've been talking on this subject about transformers making a lasting difference now here's what I want to say to us this morning as we begin this day and that is this is that God has purposed and destined you for something more than just living a life in fact he has destined you more than just being saved he really has called you to make a lasting difference And and, and I want to help you this morning to understand that making a lasting difference is not just having a better job and a better house and driving a better car. Those things are wonderful, those things are great, but I'm going to tell you this morning that the reason that you were created, the reason that you exist upon this earth, is that God has given His Spirit inside of you, He has placed His anointing upon you, and He is wanting you to make a difference in those lives that you have an impact on day in and day out. And so I'm going to ask you this morning to take your Bibles and turn to the book of Acts, the 16th chapter. And I want to read to you in just a moment out of Acts chapter 16. So as you're turning there, let me greet those who are joining us today in our campuses. We welcome you today. And here's what I believe. The Bible says that the Word of God shall not return void. So as you join us there, as well as here, we're believing today that the Word of God is going to impact and transform your life and bring you into that place that God has for you. The book of Acts, the 16th chapter, beginning in verse 25, says, But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. The prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword, And was about to kill himself but Paul called with a loud voice saying do yourself no harm for we are all here then he called for a light ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas and he brought them out and said sirs what must I do to be saved so they said believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved you and your household then they spoke the word of the Lord to him And to all who were in the house. Now, the Bible says there that as Paul and Silas were worshiping the Lord at midnight, that God sent an earthquake and that the house began to rock. So, here's what I want to talk about today I want to talk about rocking the house. All right? I started to do one on a whole lot of shaking going on. And I was afraid that wasn't religious enough for some of you, so I'm just going to talk about rocking the house. All right? Uh, here's what we find is as we begin to read this today we find that the apostle Paul and Silas have gone to Philippi and that they have begin to proclaim Jesus Christ they begin to preach the word of God great things have been happening lives are being changed and in the midst of that as they are doing that uh, the city gets upset there's there's a riot that takes place and Paul and Silas find themselves being beaten and thrown into jail And in the midst of that, we find that instead of them losing their cool and losing their religion, they continue to focus upon the things of God. I want to tell you something this morning. If you really know Jesus Christ, if you're really, really sold out to Him and really in love with Him, even when everything is not going well in your life, you will still walk with integrity and uprightness before Him. Listen, I found out a long time ago that if I only lived for God in the good times, I was going to backslide a whole lot. Amen? Now, some of you I know can't lose your salvation, but I was not as privileged as you were growing up. You have unconditional eternal security. I had unconditional eternal insecurity. And so in my life, I found out that living for God is a day-in and day-out process. And that what we've got to come to is an understanding of this is that I am called for a purpose. I'm called for a reason. Listen, the only thing that is ever going to really make your life worth living is what you do for Jesus Christ. Everything else is secondary. Listen, Get the degrees. Get the good jobs. Do all the things that you want to do and want to have in your life. But I am going to tell you that those things will not provide lasting true joy in your life. That only what you do for Jesus, only your life being sold out completely to Him is the only thing that is really ever going to make a lasting difference. And I believe that's what God's called us to do. I I want to tell you something this morning. If it was just about being saved, then he should have taken us home to be with him the day we got saved. It's not just about being saved. It is about reaching out to others. That's why I chose uh, this whole series to call it Transformers, Making a Lasting Difference, that you and I have been given the responsibility and as well as the privilege of really making a difference, not only in our life, but we really have the privilege of making a difference in other people's lives as well. There are people that you are around day in and day out that you are the only link to them and to the kingdom of God. You are the only person who, week in and week out, have the ability to talk to them about Jesus. And you don't have to walk in with a Bible and a fistful of tracts to do that. You can do that just by your lifestyle. You can do that in everyday living. The Apostle Paul, when you begin to study his life, you read about him in the book of Acts and continue into uh, the epistles as he wrote those. Uh, when, When you begin to look at the Apostle Paul... You find that in his life, there was one consuming passion of life, and that was to make a difference in the world. He wanted to make a difference more than anybody else uh, that I have ever read about. Uh, Listen, the Apostle Paul was a well-educated man. In fact, if he were in our society, uh, he would be educated at, at Harvard or Yale or Princeton or one of the Ivy League schools. Uh, he went to the very best. The Bible says he sat at Gamaliel's feet. That doesn't mean anything to us, but that was the greatest theological professor of that day, the greatest religious leader of that day was who the Apostle Paul was trained by. And the Apostle Paul was very exuberant in his faith, and he was going about persecuting Christians. He was going about throwing them in the jail. And, and seeing that their lives were destroyed. But the Bible says that one night, one day on his way to Damascus, on the Damascus Road, that he had an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to tell you, if you ever have an encounter with Jesus Christ, you'll never be the same again. Uh, listen, people who say, well, I got saved and continue to live the way that they used to didn't have an encounter with Jesus. Oh, Hallelujah. You know, for years, we've sung a thousand courses of Just As I Am and left just as we were. If you ever come into contact with Jesus, it'll radically revolutionize your life. The drug addict will quit taking drugs. The adulterer will quit committing adultery. The the fornicator will quit committing fornication. The cheater will quit cheating. When you when you really encounter the Lord Jesus Christ it transforms your life and you begin to live a different way. And the Apostle Paul had that Damascus Road experience. He had that moment where his life was transformed, where everything about his life was changed in a moment, and from that moment on, he lived a different way. And so we see him. We see he and Silas are now on a missionary journey together, and they wound up in Philippi. And as they are there, we see that at that moment, that they are thrown into prison for preaching the gospel. Let me just help you for a moment here. Just because you're doing what God's called you to do does not mean everybody's going to like you. Well, I, everybody likes me. I must be doing right. No, you're probably doing something wrong. If everybody, In fact, the Bible says, beware when all men speak well of you. I have never had to worry about that scripture, by the way. But, but what I found is, is, as you read that, the Bible says that there was an earthquake that rocked that house that night. But, but I, I believe that not only did an earthquake rock that house, I believe that there were some other things, and I want to talk about those this morning, that there were some other things that rocked that house that evening or that morning uh, as they were gathered there in that place. Look at verse 22 and verse 23 of the same chapter. Back up just a little bit if you would. It says, Then the multitude rose up together against them. And the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Now I want to tell you, I guarantee you when Paul and Silas got up that morning, they did not say, man, we hope that this day involves our getting beaten and thrown into prison. I I mean, there, there is nobody waking up that morning and saying, boy, I'd like to get beat today. I, I, this, this is, but, but you know what? He, here's what you have to understand. The, the first thing that rocked the house was is that their courage rocked the house. Even in the midst of everything that was going on, they still stood strong for Jesus. It, isn't it interesting how many people that the first sign of problem, they throw in the towel and quit living for the Lord? Now I want to tell you, I, I come from old school church, all right? Uh, I, I, I come from church where, where they would talk about praying through. Any of y'all ever heard that term praying through? Now let me explain to those of you newcomers who don't understand praying through. That what they meant was you were just going to pray until something happened. And they didn't care if that was 30 minutes or three hours. You were just going to in fact, they just locked the doors and say, we're going to pray through we're going to keep you in this place until something happens but you know what i found out about that old those old saints of god they were sold out to jesus they had courage to live up they, they they didn't care it didn't matter listen when God was blessing they were walking with God when they weren't having the blessings and things weren't going as well they still walked with God why because they had courage and they understood that it may not always be great but it's always going to be all right because weeping may endure for the night but joy is coming in the morning and they just hung on and waited till Jesus showed up in their life and so the apostle Paul is kind of that way uh, he's in this place and 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 he, he, the, the scripture says that they were beaten, and when you study the Roman, uh, the, the Roman Empire back in that day, these were some some cruel people. The, these people uh, made torture an art form, and um, and this is who they're being beaten by. And, and one of the ways that they, they would literally beat a person within an inch of death, they they were trained so well, these Roman centurions, these Roman soldiers were trained so well that some historians said that they were trained to take a, a man to the point of death bring him back and and, and kind of go there three or four times and they literally were trained so well because they knew that if they killed a man in beating then they would receive the same sentence that this man did until they were beaten to death so They 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 were very, very artistic, if I can use that term, in how that they beat, beat them. But now you can imagine, Paul and Silas are sitting in this jail cell. They have been beaten. Their backs are bloodied. They're bruised. They're hurting. Everything is wrong. And yet, even in the midst of that, they don't give up. They don't turn their back on God. They continue to believe in Him. They continue to confess Him. And they continue to love Him. Wow, is there anybody getting that this morning? For a congregation, for congregations to get a hold of that kind of courage, to say, you know what, I'm not going to quit church at the first sign of problems. Just because somebody doesn't do something I like does not mean I'm going to quit living for God. Just because I have to go through a little tribulation, just because little things happen in my life, I have determined, I have made up in my mind that I am going to walk with God and I am going to live with courage because God has saved me and put His Spirit within my life. And so we need courage. We need courage in the midst of opposition. I want to tell you, just because God tells you to do it does not mean everybody's going to go along with it well, I I think the Lord told me to do this. Well, get ready. Somebody's not going to like it. Someone is going to come against you when when you do that. Someone is is going to do their best to tear you down. And yet the Apostle Paul and Silas, in the midst of this, they are there and and their courage comes forth. Their courage rocks the house. I, I would love to see people in this day and age that we're living in to stand up with courage and say, you know what, I have determined, I am not going to let anything, nor height, nor depth, Prince of power, no powers, anything. Nothing is going to keep me from doing what God has called me to do. I am going to live with courage. And so when you live that way, you can find yourself making a lasting difference in the lives of people you're around. Look at verse 27 and 28, though. It says, And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. Now let's stop there for a moment. Let me talk about this. This guy had at the very least, he's the one who put them in shackles and took them inside the prison, threw them in there in the midst of filth and and a horrible place. He's the one who put them there. And all of a sudden, the house starts shaking. The doors open up. He awakes out of sleep, he sees the doors open, and he says, man, oh man, every prisoner has fled, and they're going to kill me. And so the Bible says he takes his sword, and he begins to kill himself, and watch what verse 28 says. It says, but Paul called with a, what, loud voice, saying, do yourself no harm, for we are all here. I read that scripture, and I go, I don't think I would have done that. I might have whispered, we're still here. Come on, this is the dude who just put me in in shackles. This is the guy who just threw me down in the back of the prison. I, 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 I don't want his blood on my hands, so I'll whisper, we're still here. Do yourself no harm. Come on, I know you're more religious than I am. I understand that. You're much more spiritual than I am, but, but I'm just telling you, if, if a guy has just whipped me and just thrown me into prison, I, I'm probably not going to be really quick to respond and say, hey, it's okay. I'm, I'm at least going to let him draw a little blood. I'm going to let him nick himself and say, hey, hey, we're still here, don't kill yourself, but bleed a little. Because I'm bleeding, so I'm... You, See, we don't read the scripture with true intensity because if we really did, put yourself in that place. I mean, you're you're not at that one wom- at that moment feeling real blessed. It's it's not the best time of your life. I, I you know, it's it's kind of interesting how 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 all those things play out. I I shouldn't tell this, but I'm going to. There's a certain TV show I watch that that you're probably more spiritual than to watch this, but I'll ask the question anyway. Any of you ever watch the show Cops? Come on, fess up at church. Don't lie in church. (laughs) All right, good. I want to feel better. Um, I I like watching the show Cops just because those are some of the dumbest people on the planet. (laughs) I I just feel better. I feel feel my IQ expand when I watch them because those people are just stupid. I mean, if you've you really ever watched, you know, they, they finally get them in hand. They You know, they chase them down. They taser them, whatever they do. They finally get them in handcuffs. And, and, and the, the guy, you know, laying beside him is, is a brick of cocaine. And he goes, that's not mine. <laughs> right? And they, they start reaching in their pants pocket and pulling out. And they got, you know, baggie of marijuana here. And they got, you know, whatever in this pocket. And, and the guy goes, that's not mine. I got on Bubba's pants. I and mean, you talk about dumb people. I mean, come on, if you're going to be a, a criminal, come up with a better excuse than I got on Bubba's pants. Well, I, I didn't know that was in there. That's, you know, they opened the console, and it's it stacked full of, uh, you know, all kind of stuff. And they go, that's not mine. Well, whose car? It's my car, but that's not my stuff. Somebody snuck in in the middle of the night. They filled it full of crack pipes and all that. It, it, I don't know how I got there, officer. Right, I just look at them and go, "You're just dumb." And and but you know what? Everyone. I mean, when you look at that and you see all the paraphernalia, all the stuff, you go, "They deserve to go to jail." They. They. I mean, that's what the laws are for. They. Deserve. The Apostle Paul did not deserve to be in jail. The Apostle Paul had done nothing wrong. He had done nothing of any consequence to allow him to wind up in prison. And yet, even in the midst of prison, he allowed compassion to rock the house. His compassion for that jailer, his compassion for the law said, I am not going to settle for, for a bad attitude. I am not going to settle for a horrible disposition. Even in the midst of my suffering, I am going to allow my love to go to somebody else I I, want to tell you that's truly making a lasting difference when you're willing to bless somebody who mistreats you You ever been mistreated come on if you've lived I don't know 30 minutes you've probably been mistreated right somebody didn't do something somebody you know whatever I mean we could just all Sing another somebody done, somebody wrong song. You know, I mean, we, we, we get all this going. And yet so often what we do is, is that we allow the mistreatment that someone has given us to transform us not into the image of Christ, but we allow it to make us bitter and spiteful people. And we say, well, you you don't know what they did. I understand that, but I wanna tell you, I don't think any of you have ever been beaten within an inch of your life for doing nothing but preaching the gospel and seeing people saved. I don't think any of you have ever been thrown into prison because you were telling somebody else about Jesus and seeing their life transformed. And yet that's what happened to the apostle Paul and the word of God said, though, that even in that moment, the love of God comes through him. And he talks to that man and he says, don't do yourself any harm. I want to tell you something. If the church of the Lord Jesus Christ would live with that kind of an attitude, we'd rock our world. We would turn our world upside down for the cause of Jesus Christ if we could love even those who have spitefully used us, even those who have mistreated us, even those who have done us harm, if we could only learn to live with compassion. Because I want to tell you, compassion will rock the house every time you allow it to come forth. So we need to do that with our co-workers, with our neighbors, with our friends. We have to encourage and bring everybody along with us on this journey. Even when we haven't been treated the best by that very person, our love still has to go to them. Look in verse 30 and we'll bring this to a close. Verse 30 says, And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? The third thing that rocked the house that night was conversion rocked the house. I I, want to tell you, when the love of God shows up, it gets people's attention. Have you ever read in Scripture where, when Jesus would show up, all kind of things would begin to happen? I mean, when when he would come into the house, uh, they'd uh, they'd be in the middle of that, and the house would be packed, and and all of a sudden, dirt would start falling in the house. Ever read that story? And all of a sudden, Jesus looks up. And there's four guys up there, got another guy, and they're letting him down by ropes because Jesus is in the house. I want to tell you, when Jesus gets in the house, the house will be filled, and the house will be a house of mercy. And, and Jesus looks at that man and says, thy sins are forgiven thee. And the Bible says all the religious people got ticked. So the Pharisee said, who is he to forgive sins? Jesus said okay I read your thoughts he said is it easier to forgive sins or to say take up thy bed and walk he said get up walk leave the guy got up and left I, I want to tell you when when the presence of God shows up it'll rock the house they'll tear roofs off the house they'll do all kinds of things when Jesus is in the house and and so conversion that night took place at such a level that this man comes running in a moment, not even understanding everything about salvation, not knowing what's going on, but in that moment, the Apostle Paul begins to declare to him about baptism and about his life transformation and all these things that need to happen in his life, and we see that not only is he saved according to Scripture, but his entire household is converted that night because the Apostle Paul said, you know what, in the midst of my worst day, I am going to allow the affirmation of the power of God to come through me. I I, want to tell you something. As believers, when we respond properly to suffering, it gets the world's attention. Did you hear me? Now listen, anybody can complain when everything's not going well. I've been pastoring for a long time, and it's... um, unique thing to see people who respond well to suffering now i have a lot of people who are rejoicing when everything's going well oh pastor let me tell you god bless me with this and i got that and and my kids are doing and, and and that's and i listen i'm glad to rejoice when you rejoice but can you still rejoice in the midst of suffering there's a scripture that's quite interesting it says the joy of the lord is what our strength the joy of the lord is our strength it didn't say the strength of the lord is our joy it said the joy of the lord is our strength in other words that even in the midst of the worst situation that that you can begin to sing praises and hymns to the lord even at midnight even when you're going through that midnight hour, through that time of turmoil, that time of testing in your life, that even in that moment you can begin to allow the joy of the Lord to come out of your life. And as you do, God shows up and the house gets rocked. Here's what I think. My opinion of this story is this. Paul and Silas started singing. God started tapping his foot and the whole earth moved. My sermon, my theology. (laughs) All I know is is as they worshiped God, as they praised Him, God showed up on their behalf. I wonder what would happen in our lives today if you and I would come to a place of understanding. You know what? It's more about what we do for eternity than what we do for right now. I've lived long enough to know that time passes quickly. I'm 51 years old. I was 22 yesterday. And sometimes I begin to look at my life, and, and I'm not a morbid person, and I'm not one who is greatly introspective, but sometimes I begin to look at my life and say, okay, Lord, how much more time do I have To serve you how much more time are you going to allow me the ability to pastor and lead a congregation how long you know do i have 20 years do i have 25 years you know am i going to be 75 70 what 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 age is it that i'm going to be that i no longer can do what i want to do at the level i'm doing it now and all those thoughts begin to go through my mind but you know the one thing that i've determined it does not matter if i've got one day left or if i've got 25 years left I want to give my very best for the kingdom of God. I don't know how long I've got. I've been reading a book recently called 30 Days to Live, and, and it's kind of messed with me. Um, and, it, and it talks about if you, if you knew you only had 30 days to live, what would you do? I know what I would do. I'd, I wouldn't work as hard. I just wouldn't. I, I, if I only had 30 days left, I wouldn't come in near as early as I do, and I wouldn't go home as late as I do sometimes. I just wouldn't do it. Why? Uh, because I'd, I would spend more time with, with things that are important. You say, you, you're the pastor of the church. How can you say I'm just telling you. I, I would spend time with people. I'd spend time with my family. Why don't you look at me that way? Why? Because those are the things that are going to last forever. You know, I'm in the religious business, and and it's all that I do is religious and spiritual and all that. But but I want to tell you, looking at life, I go, wait a minute. I don't know how long I've got, but here's what I know. I want to have the courage to live my life to see other people come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Everything else is secondary. The house I live in, the car I drive, the clothes I wear, the education I've got, all those things are secondary to really making a difference in somebody else's life for Jesus. And I hope that's your desire as well today. You say, you know what, I'm pursuing things, I'm going after them, I want to be successful, I want to have all the things uh, that, that I can have in this world, but above and beyond that, the greatest thing is I wanna have some courage to rock the house. I wanna have some courage to live, to make a difference in somebody else's life. Because I wanna tell you, it is the only thing that really matters. You say, well, I, I, I don't believe that, it really is. So, some of you, if you're not careful, you begin to allow the things of this world to cloud out what's really important. And so you look at day in and day out and you see aspects of life and, and, and you pursue this and you go after that. But, but I want to tell you, the only thing that really is going to matter is what you do for Jesus. It really is. It's what you do for Jesus. How do you live life? Are you telling somebody else about Jesus? Are you making an impact? It is, it is so wonderful. I, I get to hear stories time and time again in this house I just heard another one this past week of of how somebody in this house invited a friend to church and how that friend was in a mess and that friend got saved and their family got saved their kids got saved and and then their other family members start and 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 I as I begin to hear I said that's what it's about that's what it's about It's about, and, and I want to tell you, not only is that what it's about, if you ever, ever have the opportunity to lead somebody to the Lord, you'll never be the same. You'll never be the same. If you can sit down with somebody and talk to them about Jesus and see them commit their life to the Lord, Or you can come into a church service and somebody you've been witnessing to comes to the altar. Or you see them baptized in the name of the Lord. If you ever see that happen, it is the one thing that is just the most exciting thing that can happen in your life. God's called us to do that. God really has given you the ability to make a lasting difference. But it's your choice. Am I going to live life with courage or that I can rock the house? Or am I going to live life for me and for what I want and what I desire? I want to tell you, I've made up my mind. A lot of you, I know, have made up your minds as well that you've decided, I am going to live to make a difference that's going to last forever. live for God in the good times, I was going to backslide a whole lot.